Oh, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your spirit, which you have given. We thank you, Father, for your spirit you have sent. You want to accompany us, Father, in the matter, in these classes, in these teachings. Thank you, Father, for it's not just letter that we are looking at, that you are even supplying your spirit as we go through these classes. Father, we say thank you. Father, we say thank you. We are grateful for all that you do. We are grateful. We are grateful for you. We are grateful for your spirit. We are grateful indeed for all that you have made available for us to be thou exalted in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that as we go into this class tonight, we ask for the supply of your spirit more. More supply for each and every one, for understanding, for delivery, and for reception. Lord, that our mind will be captivated under your spirit tonight. Your, our mind will be made captive to you tonight even to hear what you have to say, that our mind will not wander. Oh, holy maka, holy maka. It will not wander away, Father, but our mind would be submitted to you and to your spirit, even as we go through these classes, that this class today, that, Lord, that there will be fragrance of your name, fragrance of your spirit, even as we go through this class. Lord, we pray for a spiritual atmosphere, a spiritual environment, even for the class, oh Lord, today. Let it be elevation in the spirit for us, or that our spirit, soul, and body will be elevated, will be moved. Lord, that even... If we are tired in our bodies, because we know we've gone to work and return, Lord, we pray for supernatural strength. Lord, that you strengthen our bodies. Our bodies will receive supernatural strength for this class tonight. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Mahahahanafi. Lord, that it will receive great strength in the name of Jesus. Father, that will be submitted unto you tonight, this evening for the class. Father, we pray and we take captive every spirit. Father, every tongue of accusation in our ears tonight. Oh, omikatoni masi kayarava. Lord, we take authority over such things, over such spirit tonight. Lord, that we only hear you. I only hear your spirit tonight. We only hear what you have to say to us. Father, that we'll be blessed by your spirit. Marco, Kaki, Makati, Kalmisefer, Elder, Elder Masa, Imasafi. Lord, and Picatomi Kapai and Sin Takande Elina Vani Muhapina Sukai Nete. Lord, Mahoma Hasifin. Lord, that 
there will be deliverance tonight, O Lord, of our heavens, of our ears, Lord, that we would be more awoken and we have strength against accusing spirits. We have strength against them. We have strength, Father. We have strength against them. Lord, that tonight we'll be free. We have freedom in your spirit. Or whatever the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Father, we pray for freedom tonight. Freedom for life. Freedom to move in, in your world and in your realm to be blessed. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. I welcome everyone. And thank you, Daniel, for you know, muting and saying amen. Uh, it is good to say amen. Thank you. Uh, and it's good to hear voices as well. If we are in a place where we are free to speak and open or mute, uh, maybe just to say amen or respond, that would be awesome. It's good to participate uh, together, and as we are all learning, let's let's uh, learn together and be together. Uh, it's good to hear our voices. So, um, you know what prayer is going on. If we're in a place where we can pray, um, it's good to unmute and uh, partake. And let's hear our voices together. This, this, this what the scripture says: "Iron sharpened iron." Eh? So as I'm hearing your voices, it's your voices that will be sharpening me too. And forgive my weakness that I know the only voices. Amen. 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 All right. So we'll start today. Thank you everyone for saying amen. Amen. I'm my spirit. I'm excited. Amen. Okay. All right. Um Welcome to third class. And uh, uh, while we are treating the resurrection of the dead, and um, I thank everyone that has been joining. Uh, <clears throat> I, I hope we have been blessed so far. And I'm trusting the Lord that we'll be blessed much more um, as we continue. So um, um, as we know the drill, uh, if we can just quickly uh, you know, give a quick recap from last class. Uh, I don't know if anybody is willing to help us. Uh, just a quick recap, if there's anything that uh, will speak to us specifically that we are blessed, you know, I would like to quickly you know, just share in recap, just, just recapping you know, last uh, teaching. Our last class. Uh, if there's anybody that wants to help, anybody? All right. Uh, thank you, Edith Young and Daniel, I believe. So let's start from uh, Edith Young. Can you, if you can start and then start. This is Damian Daniel. So I'm assuming it's Daniel. Which one? Is it Damian Daniel? Who's raising the hand? Is it both? Shall I assume it's both? Zayas, Daniel. Daniel, okay, all right, thank you. Uh, so, Edith Young. Good evening, sir. 
Good evening. Yes, so last week we um, continued with resurrection of the dead and we um, we were looking at some um, scope of resurrection. So we first of all um, talked about how resurrection for believers, it um, is something that starts in the spirit when, when um, a believer is born again, gets born again, and then it's... Um, can progress or it progresses to the soul and can even progress um, finally to the body. And this um, progression um, occurs when a believer follows, obeys the spirit and follows the leading of the spirit. Um, that progression of resurrection from the spirit to the, the soul and the body. So I'm um, talking about scope of resurrection. Um, you, we said that resurrection covers three categories of people. So first of all, looking at those who are physically dead, right? So we have um, believers who physically die. They would experience resurrection, the coming of Jesus, where, um, yeah, they, they will experience resurrection. And we saw that believers who die in Christ are seen as asleep, not dead. And so that's why at the coming of Jesus, they would um, ex experience that resurrection. Um, and then those who are who were not believers, but physically died, that is, you know, put off their earthly suit, are seen as properly dead, not asleep, because um, at the judgment, they are they will be resurrected to go to hell. They will be resurrected to damnation. Um, their souls are hell-bound, basically. And then um, the last category are those who, at the coming of Jesus, will still be alive, physically alive. That is, they have not yet put off their earthly suit. Um, they would be, the scripture describes that they will be caught up um, with the rest of the believers, and their bodies would be changed from mortal to immortal. Um, and then... You also really um, emphasize or spend some time on what we call what is called the resurrection state. So, as I said earlier, this is the states when um, a man's spirit, soul, and body have arrived at a state of no death. So that resurrection has progressed from their spirit all the way to their body. Um, this is possible for a believer to reach while on earth, like during their days on earth and can be attained by obedience to the spirit, following the leading of the spirit. And also by putting, um, preserve, presenting our, as Paul said in that um, scripture, it says, present your whole spirit, soul and body to be preserved blameless. Yeah. And um, you explain that blameless means removal of sin, right? So, um, what we know as sin, you know, malice, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all of that should not be found in a believer or would not be found in a believer who resurrection is, you know, progressing, is entering into their body. Um, and then I think we kind of now started hope of resurrection. We only did the first point. Yeah. 
Um, just to explain that resurrection is not um, a myth or a fantasy, it's actually true. And um, we see proof of this in the Bible. And we started with the example of Abraham. Um, so, and Abraham and his sacrifice of, um, or almost sacrifice of Isaac was like a foreshadow. It was, you know, like an example, a symbol yeah. to signify um, the resurrection, the sacrifice, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. Wow. That was a, that's a great help. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Uh, Daniel? Good evening, sir. I don't know if there's any need because India, <laughs> India said it also. But I think the part that stuck out to me very well last week was the experience versus states. I think you explained it clearly. As a, as a believer, our lifetime should be spent on, on resurrection. And we should be resurrected every time that we... And I think you even explained it that what really a resurrection is, is all of those things that, you know, as first Peter to mentioned it, um, all those things that we should we should take away. As those things are being taken away and and life is being deposited, you know, resurrection is actually happening. Those are resurrection experiences until we arrived at that resurrection state, which Eddie has also kind of explained when you come to that full. Um, the actual states of where your whole spirit, your whole soul, your whole body is um is um fully resurrected. And I think um at the point in the last meeting, I think you know you were also trying to move into the fact that resurrection in our body is a state, but it's also resurrection in our body that that whole we can we can understand healing basically in our body from this sense, you know, when we are resurrected in our spirits. The life in our spirit pours into us, so we can also, you know, get our bodies quick. And we, I think we prayed a couple of times for for people who were sick. Yeah, I also tapped into faith in that. And yeah, but what, what what stuck out for me is that you know that eventual landmark that's what occur in our body um, will happen by the leading of the spirit as we continuously obey as we continuously obey the spirit he said it's a progression and the reason why it's a progression it's because we have to all we have to unlearn the things we've learned so that's why you know it's not a, it's not a one-day event we have to keep on unlearning and that unlearning is you know what we saw in corinthians first corinthians 3 you know that you read as um when paul was telling those um the church that um he could not speak unto them as spiritual but to canals because as you know, yes so um so so yeah that's pretty much it i was really blessed by you know the teaching from last week thank god awesome thank you so you see that uh, everyone does some mm, always speaking always at the as a unique everybody everybody has a unique voice i'll, I'll leave it that way uh, so starting from Gideon and then Daniel, now Wesley, you raised up your hand. Thank you so much, Daniel, for the addition. I'm blessed by hearing you guys, hearing from Eddie Young and you I'm already blessed. I mean, Wesley, uh, go ahead. Uh, What's up, good evening, sir. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Thank you, Eddie Dion, and thank you, Daniel. Um, so the little I just want to add, um, I guess it was when Daniel was talking, I actually just remembered 
that you mentioned it is uh, you spoke about you know as a christian we we need to have a when 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 it comes to resurrection we need to have a hope you know how the bible says the hope of resurrection and that our little little obedience is basically that's what i want to just touch on um you spoke about the fact that we shouldn't see you know leading leading of the spirit no matter how small it is i think the example you gave was if it's raining and maybe we we can brag in the fact that oh the holy ghost told me to take umbrellas so therefore you know i did not get wet what they want something like that but we are not seeing on the other hand that all those little little obediences that we do is actually to infuse life into our soul and also into our body so we we just saw that little obediences here and there um are things that actually cause resurrection to occur within us and um yeah um i guess yeah that's just the least i wanted to add so thank you thank you so much thank you thank you thank you for that addition um Okay, Daniel. All right, yeah, this is your hand again. All right. Uh, thank you, Wesley, for that uh, beautiful point. Um, Daniel, are you raising your hand again? No, sir. I was clapped for Wesley, sir. Thank you. Sorry? Sir. Was the clap? Oh, a clap? Oh, sorry. I, I, thought, I thought it was a. Okay, all right. Thank you. Thank you. So, it looks, okay, I guess you're clapping, clapping for Wesley as well. Oh, I'm clapping. Um, thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Edith Young. Thank you, Wesley. Uh, this is a great. Uh, um great and a beautiful recap i believe by that i think that captured most of the things that we discussed um last last week so we're going to continue um today talking about the hope of resurrection right uh the second point here is that the hope of resurrection was also i mean listen we can see when we look at uh the hope of resurrection we can also see it um, as prophesied by the prophets. Uh, amen. So uh, I know, <laughs> I'm glad that you know, Wesley raised up his hand, uh, but before, I, I need somebody to help me read the Bible today. But the first person that struck my eye is Nyinka. I don't know if Nyinka is here, but I saw Nyinka. I don't know if he's the same person, but if, if Nyinka is free, and is able to help us read, no problem. But if not, I think yes, sir. I'm, I'm yes, sir. I can help you read, sir. Okay, okay. Thank you. you know, I just saw your name. I said, ah, okay. This one that struck me. I said, let me, let me see. Thank you for, for, for volunteering. Thank you, sir. Okay. I don't know. If it's, is it volunteer or volunteer? In that which ways. Thank you. Amen. Okay. All right. Um, so we are going to read. So we've read Daniel 12 before. So I think we already have, or I don't know if we already we're already used to it by now. You know, talking when Daniel was talking about, you know, it was it was because Daniel was is also considered a prophet too, right? And he talked about those that will be raised some to life and some to damnation right content unto damnation so daniel talked about that 
But the one I want us to read uh, is Psalm 16, verse 10. So if you can quickly uh, read that. Um, Psalm 16, verse 10. It says, For thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thine only one to see corruption. Awesome. So this, this psalm, of course, came before um, Jesus came. And that the way, uh, the way it was said, right? It's saying that that will not leave my, right? It is my soul. That will not leave my soul. My soul, it is my soul. So now you would assume that, I mean, Jesus is the one speaking here. I mean, that's not as we know. So the person that went to hell and was raised with Jesus, right? So we know it's Jesus that died and was raised. He's the first begotten of the dead. So, of course, when we're looking at Psalm 16, right, verse 10, it says, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine only one to see corruption. And we know that it is the only, the, is, Jesus is also the only one. Right, he's, he's the holy one, the dying holy one to see corruption. And of course, this is a psalm of David, right? Uh, now, we know that the Lord spake through the mouth of his servant David, right, to speak. What Jesus is a prophetic arrangement. And you can also consider David a prophet. You can consider him a prophet because of some of how he, he acted, right? The things, some of the things he said. He was, he was, he's talking like a prophet. Right? So you can consider him too. Here, you can see him here as a prophet, right? Because it, it, was a, it was a prophetic spirit upon him that blotted out his words, that bop, just bopped it out. Says, uh, say, says, therefore, let me, that's verse nine. Say, therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. Say, my flesh also shall rest in hope. Now, for thou will not leave my soul in hell. And that without suffer than only one to see corruption. Now, of course, David might be you know, praying concerning things he's going through, right? And in, you know, of course, it seems as if he's speaking figuratively, but you know, it, when, it, when the prophetic spirit is at move, different, different things take place. So here, I will not leave my soul in here and so that only one to see corruption. This is a prophetic statement talking about the death and resurrection of Jesus, who is the only one. So he's talking about that, that Christ, that Jesus, that is to die and to raise. So that's, that's, that's a prophetic declaration you know, being said. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. And you will notice that different, in different, different places, you, the prophets were talking about the coming. Uh, the one that liked the coming of Jesus too much, is Isaiah. 
That's just me talking, just jesting. Isaiah loved the coming of Jesus. Why? He just kept prophesying about him. Just kept prophesying about Jesus. Just kept prophesying. But of course, he's a prophet. There are things, right, that they were able to prophesy. Now, because of that, let's go to Isaiah 26, verse 19. Uh, and then we would, we'd see what um, prophet Isaiah has to tell us here concerning the death and resurrection of Jesus. Isaiah 26, 19. Yes. Thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust. For thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Amen. So we see here where Isaiah, by 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 the prophetic spirit, found words to talk about the death and resurrection, right? He talked, here we can, we, can, we can smell or perceive the resurrection and the death of Jesus here. Why? Because, say, together with my dead body, that means that that is together with somebody. Right? It's not just a random person. Say, thy dead man shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Or we can see this prophecy being fulfilled, right? Already. Now, there is, there is also a part of this that is also fulfilled already, if I will use that word, in the sense that when Jesus died and he rose up, we know that some also left the grave with in that time, and then they appeared to their loved ones. I believe that's in Matthew. Matthew 27, I believe. <clears throat> so those, those saints, right, came out of the grave, appeared, and of course, they can't stay. They have to go to where they will be waiting until the, until the last day. Right, but that's just showing us that because they were they said that dead men shall live. So, but that is also prophesying about us too, that will be heirs of salvation, that wherever we are dead, right, we will come to life. Now, this is also right talking about the deadness of our spirit, if you look at it that way, which is also brought to life. So us being quickened in our spirit, right? That, that is a provision made when Jesus died and rose up. So when Jesus died, right? When Jesus died, when he died and he rose up, he made, it, like, I don't know, maybe I mentioned it before, he published salvation in a way, if I can use that word. Of course, I'm just saying using that, that English publishing. Why? Because Jesus made it possible for anybody that believes in him to be quickened in their spirit. The moment you believe, do you believe in this in his son, Jesus? Do you believe in, in Jesus that he died? And the moment you believe, if you believe, I mean, if you believe in Jesus, you have to believe in his death and resurrection. Right now, when the moment you believe, 
what, what is happening to a believer because they call, it, they call us believers. When somebody gets born again, something happens inside of you. And that what happens happens inside your spirit and your soul, but much more in your spirit. And of course, anything that happens to your spirit, so your, there's no way your body won't feel the effect. Your body is subject, your body is subject to whatever happens to your spirit and your soul. Uh-huh. So whatever happens to your spirit and your soul, your body have nothing, no other objection that to follow. This body, right? I have no objection. You just have to follow what goes, goes on. So there's a, let me just say there's a, there's a, there's a well, measure of following that happens. Why? Right? Because anybody that gets born again, and then they realize, for example, just an example, they realize they can't steal no more, right? When they want to steal, they will use their body to carry things and steal it, right? But the moment their conscience is adjusted in a way, and like, ah, I cannot steal no more. Let's say they are still steal no more. Ah, I can't steal. Okay, let me not steal. That they, they, they will be able to take their body not to go and steal. So I'm just, you now see the after effect that whatever happens to your spirit and soul, your body will eventually follow. Mm-hmm. Because your body is bound to that. It's bound to them, to your spirit and your soul. Right? Mm-hmm. And if not because of the if not because of the word of God that allows us to separate or to discern between the spirit and the soul, because it's the word that can divide, right? The word of God is powerful. It's two edges so are able to divide it between the soul and moles and marrows, right? <clears throat> able, able to separate. Amen. Sorry, it looks like uh, there's, a, there's a background noise there, but... If you can please, uh, if you're in a noisy place, if you can use that, be great. Um, so um, we have the, the the after effect, right? I'm not sure of it. The the body does not have any other choice than to follow whatever happens. That's just the what I'm saying, right? So the body will eventually follow whatever happens to your spirit. And your soul, and like I said, the word of God is what separates that allows is if if we don't use the word, we may not be able to discern between spirit and soul. In short, there was a season and time that we couldn't even see the soul. All we can just see is the spirit, the spirit man, the spirit man, the spirit man, the, our spirit man. Ah, feed your spirit, feed your spirit man, feed your spirit man. Yes, which is true, right. But as we are feeding our spirit man, there's, there's a gap missing, which is, okay, what role does your soul play in you as a man, right? So that area, because it, we couldn't descend, it was difficult to truly move fully into the, or it's difficult for salvation, or let's say for resurrection to move at a terrific speed, Right? into the soul and eventually like we know that it progresses from your spirit, start from your spirit, progresses to the soul and then to the body, right? <laughs> now, and we know that this happens by obeying the essence of the spirit. So what happens is that anybody that can obey the spirit, as, you, as, as long as you can obey the spirit of God, it is, easy, it is easy for the Lord to do a work, to move those things into your soul. There's no, there's no way you will be following the spirit and in a way they won't be retraining your soul there must still be many, 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 many things to be resurrected from in there. But work is ongoing on in there. 
Now imagine somebody that is not following the spirit. If everyone, if everyone wants to help the progression of resurrection in their soul, there will be difficulty. Why? Because the soul is not obeying. It's not moving. It's not changing. So there's difficulty in the area. But let's not talk too much about you know, that aspect for now. Because uh, no, just talking about resurrection, you know, prophesied, I know I've, I've explained a lot around you know, the soul aspect. So, But I believe the Lord just perhaps wanted us to just share in that area again. Maybe that's why that is also coming, right? But it is important, right, that we know that there is a work that happens in our spirit. And Jesus is one that makes it possible that the moment you believe something happened in your spirit, it means that life is put in your spirit. So the dead man, or the because you know that the spirit is also a man. <laughs> so the dead man of the spirit, which the Bible refers to as the inner man. Because <laughs> the inner man is a man. You are a man. Your spirit, soul, and body, you are a man. Spirit, soul, body. <laughs> so that spirit man, your spirit man is a man. When that dead man, because when we are yet without sin, we are dead in sin and in trespasses. That we are dead. He's talking about death in the death in the in the body of a man. Or when I say, but let me use let me use the proper word. When I say death in the spirit of a man, right? So when a man dies, because of course he's still walking around, unbelievers, they are considered dead, right? Because they have not been resurrected in their spirit. And again, you can now understand why we refer to the dead proper, those that died, but are unbelievers. <laughs> so, and believers that are, sorry, unbelievers that don't, don't have Christ, in the spiritual realm, they are referred to as dead. So when, so when we are dead in sin and in trespasses, so we are dead. <laughs> so the dead man will come alive. So the, the first man that to come alive is our spirit. And then... Of course, part of our soul, right, takes a token. It takes a token of the resurrection. And as well, like I said, our body will do that as well, right? But it's good to know that Jesus, by dying and resurrecting, made it possible that anybody, we are raised together with him. You hear that statement in scripture, raised together with him, raised together with him. See, all those statements, they are realities of our spirit. They are realities of our spirit. And why am I saying this? When the scripture says we are raised together with him, we are raised together with him, it's almost like a finished work. Rest together with him. We are seated with him in heavenly places. All those things. Those are realities in our spirit. Why? Because the soul has not fully come into the knowledge of all that which the spirit has. And you know, the speed as a spirit is different from the speed as a soul. Even though the soul is fast, but it's not as fast as the spirit. So the resurrection that happens in the spirit we have to progress to the soul. We know that our soul is faster than our body. <laughs> so, so we have different speeds in man. So the, the speed is from the fastest is your spirit. The next fastest is your soul. The least 
fast is your body. Kayama. Hmm. And this will help us to understand this as well, that any struggle tied to our body is not something too difficult. But Satan makes it look like it is difficult. Right? Because most of the time they are easily addressed by one wisdom here and there. Why? One of the things is that, thank God, because God slowed down the body seriously. If the body is as fast as the soul and the spirit, we have problem in, in this world. We have serious problem. Why? Because the same way you have thought of something, quickly before you know it, ah, you can hold yourself. Let me pause. No, let me not. You mean it is the body that is doing that? It means that you might have done atro- different atrocities. Which might be difficult to take back. But thank God for his mercy that he slowed the body down. But we understand that there is speed in our spirit. It's the fastest. Why? why? That's why you can pick certain things that don't even happen yet. It's possible you can just pick things in your spirit. It has not happened yet. Or maybe you are interacting with a brother and then maybe you said something that you didn't think too much. That you, you, maybe you even said it in your heart with all pure, the pure mind, but you can pick. Ah, it's like this thing offended my brother. Okay, ah, did I offend you with this thing? Sorry, I didn't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. What is happening? There's, there's a communication, speed. Holy Ghost, quickly communicated to your spirit, picked it. If you remove that transaction, your soul, it might take time before he realizes that he has done something that, ah, this thing, maybe you can quickly correct this thing. And when the Holy Ghost is telling you to correct something, it doesn't mean that it is even necessary for you. I mean, of course, you partake of it. But what I'm saying is, or the sense I'm trying to say is that when you might not have done something that looked obviously wrong, but you could have done something to your brother, and the Lord might want you to do something to just dispel the cloud that might be over your brother which of course will also affects you. But let's just, let's just you know, see that angle. But we can move further, we can move forward, right? So in summary, there is a lot of speed in your spirit, which is faster than your soul. So your soul, in the same way, when we are, ex- and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I believe I'm, I'm using the word resurrection right here to also talk about salvation in a way. But, because this also helps us to understand salvation of the soul. But I'm just trying to use this scripture that is telling us here to explain certain things. That your dead man shall arise with me, using explaining that sense. <laughs> Together with my body. Right? Together with my dead body. Because Jesus also has a dead body. Shall they rise? So <laughs> Jesus also or Isaiah is prophesying about the resurrection of Jesus, which will take place when he will come, die, and then resurrect and go back to the Father. Right? So this is, and and we know Isaiah is a prophet, so we can see that resurrection is, is, what's the word, Is, is published everywhere in scripture that we can see, right? Almost everywhere. So, it's resurrection. The, the hope of resurrection is prophesied by the prophet, as we can see in, in Isaiah, in Psalm. Uh, of course, we also we, we also see it in the New Testament, but uh, 
Now we also have New Testament prophet, but this this is according to the, the scripture, right? We have Isaiah, who is who is a prophet who prophesied about the dead and resurrection of Jesus. So not just that alone, but also the resurrection that we are to come into. Oh. Amen. So Amen. the next part is to also see resurrection as it is as it was witnessed by the law and the prophet. Now you see witness here, right? Uh, because you can consider the scripture we've read here by the prophet, right, as a witness. Oh, the prophesied with as a witness. But when you now look, okay, law, how does the law prophesy about it? You may not, you may not find it there. So that would give us the sense that okay, they are talking about something here, right? So the law and the prophets now is typified in Moses and Elijah. Now on the Mount of Transfiguration. When Jesus went to pray and he was transfigured, meaning his, his body began to shine, his cloth began to shine. Bright, white. <laughs> Two people appeared to him, Moses and Elijah, and they spoke with him and they talked about his death and resurrection. Now, let's look at uh, the book of Luke chapter 9. And we'll read from verse 27. Luke 9, 20, 27. It says, But I tell you of the truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. Okay. Let's go to 28. And it came to pass about an eight days after this saying, he took Peter and John and James and went up into the mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistening. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory and spake of his pursuit, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Thank you. So they spoke of his disease. So they're talking about they spoke of his death. You know, when they say somebody is deceased, meaning they died. <laughs> so they so they were talking about him dying, which should happen. So which has, that means that don't happen yet. It should happen. So they also talked about or they witnessed the resurrection of, 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 of Jesus. Right? The man Christ Jesus. They witnessed. And we can see that in, 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 in the Mount of Transfiguration. Amen. And also, we can also see examples of that between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So they also have the teaching concerning resurrection, right? They know about it, but just there's a major difference between the two. The Pharisees believed in resurrection but the Sadducees don't. They don't believe in resurrection. Now, how, how do I know? I, I mean, I mean, so we can see in the book of uh, John 11 uh, that because of time, I may not be able to read that, but I'll just talk about. It. So John 11, <clears throat> 25, when Lazarus died and, you know, Jesus came, Martha started crying, and then he said, don't worry, your brother would you know, leave. And I said, I know. That he would live at the resurrection, he would you know, 
come uh, live at the resurrection. Ah. But Jesus said, "No, I am the I am the resurrection and the life." <laughs> right. So, if she if Martha did not know about resurrection, she couldn't have known about the last day when resurrection would take place. So she's aware, right? So the Jews knew about that doctrine of resurrection, but it's just not generally accepted by everybody. So let's see the book of Act 23, verse six. Let's read that. That's where Paul declared himself a Pharisee, just to explain something, but let's read it. Uh, Act 23, verse six. Act 23, six. But when Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and the resurrection of the dead I am called in question. You see here, when Paul... (coughs) Sorry? Oh, no. no. Okay. You see here, when uh, Paul... No, so, so this, this was uh, when Paul was called. You know, he was going through a whole lot of. Uh, you know, he went through different different issues before they eventually threw him into, threw him to the Romans, right? Before the Romans and sent him, you know, ship him to uh, Caesar, I believe. Uh-huh. But they ship him. So Paul was talking to the people here. And in talking, he discerned that, because I was talking to the Jews, so he discerned that some of them were Pharisees, some of them were Sadducees. But he now said, men and brethren, I am a Pharisee. So he identified with the Pharisees, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and resurrection of the dead, meaning that they believe and they have a hope of resurrection of the dead, right? So he is showing us here that the Pharisees do believe but the Sadducees don't. And let's read Matthew 22, verse 23. So we see the Sadducees side as well. Matthew 22 and verse 23. Then the same day, the same day came to him the Sadducees, which say that there is no resurrection, and asked him, saying, Master, Moses said, if a man die, having no children. Okay, no, sorry, 23. <clears throat> yeah, so 22, 23, yes. So we can see that the Sadducees, they don't believe in resurrection. So the Sadducees, we say there is no resurrection. That's what the scripture says. They say there is no resurrection. So they don't believe in resurrection. But the Jews knew about resurrection. So the Pharisee side believed that there is resurrection. So of course, you can tell that Martha believed that there is resurrection. <clears throat> so he, she also would be a Pharisee. And just looking from this, amen. Amen. Uh, and also, we can see that the hope and resurrection was taught and by the Lord himself, by Jesus. Jesus was teaching about this, these things. 
right? And of course, we can see that, okay, if everybody, prophet, talked about it, the Jews knew about it. The person that is going to die and rise is now talking. Who's, who, who, who has, who, who, who's the better, let me just say, who's, who, who's better to explain resurrection than him himself? Right? So the greatest hope is in Jesus Christ himself, right? And is the only true God that spoke about resurrection, right? It's, it's God. It's like it's like God explaining. Okay, so you see, there's resurrection. So maybe men and pro, I mean men, when the spirit of God on men also prophesied, but now God now say, okay, there's resurrection. So who 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 are we better to believe than Jesus Himself, who spoke about it, right? And let's quickly read Luke fourteen verse fourteen. Luke 14, 14. Yes. And thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou mm-hmm. shalt recompense, thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. At the resurrection of the so that Jesus talking about resurrection. Now, of course, this um we are reading just a, a quick part of the scripture here, right? Uh <clears throat> But Jesus was in the house of a, of, a, of a Pharisee, right? And then uh, I think Jesus was, I, I would say teaching, and then he say, okay, if you have an ass, will you, uh, you know, talking about, is it lovely to you know, heal on the Sabbath day, you know, asking questions, and he started answering them. If you have a donkey and he has fallen into a pit, will you leave it there? <laughs> so after that, they moved into another conversation you know, talking about, you know, the rooms, uh-huh, all that. So Jesus then now talked about <clears throat> resurrection right here. And that shall be blessed for they cannot recompense. So he's talking about, uh, so later I started talking about uh, if you have friends, right? You have dinner, you call your friends and no. All your big, big people, right? Those ones they can recompense, mean they can pay you back, mean they can always invite you back. But if you have the maim, the lame, the blind, you call them, didn't call any of your friends or your kinsmen, just call the name, and then you create a feast for them. So they cannot pay you back. Right? Say, but you shall be paid back, meaning that there is a profit for you. At the resurrection of the just, meaning that this thing you are doing is not. For it's not for so if so if you if you, you know, give dinner to those that can't pay you back it's not ordinary right things like that mean that there's also reward to this thing so but Jesus but Jesus was now referring to the resurrection so Jesus, that's Jesus teaching about it and then of course another example of Jesus talking about it was when he was talking to Martha saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Of course, that's Jesus declaring that seal is resurrection, and me, myself, I am resurrection. And then he also displayed resurrection by bringing Lazarus back to life. So meaning that I am resurrection. Death does not have power over me. In short, I'll display it for you people. Now, that's just me so you move it. I'm not saying that's what is in the heart of Jesus. Okay. Just disclaimer. <laughs> so Jesus 
Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave. Lazarus, come forth. Say, I am the resurrection. Because Martha was expecting, oh, it will be on the last day. But he said, no, no, no. We can quicken this thing. We can, <clears throat> we can, I, I, I am resurrection. You don't have to go to the last day. So I will wake him up now. So Jesus woke, woke Lazarus up from the dead. So that's Jesus also talking about it, right? <laughs> and Jesus also promised to quicken those who believe in him on the last day. Right, if you believe in you'll be quickened on the last day. So let's read John 6 from verse 40 to 44. Um, John chapter 6 from verse 40. 44, yes. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and be- believeth on him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he said, I am down, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Mm-hmm. So that's Jesus talking about resurrection himself. Right? Say, that believe I will raise him up at the last day. I will raise him up at the last day. So that's Jesus talking about the last day. I'm talking about resurrection. And if Jesus says, I will raise him up by the last, so we have a hope of resurrection. We can hope in the resurrection of our our, our bodies, right? We can hope in resurrection of our bodies. And not just that, our spirit, soul, and body. Fully. Coming into a state of resurrection. We can hope in that, that it is possible, it's something. And because we have not seen it, it's something we can hope for. We can, we can hope for it. Because hope that is seen is not hope. Right? But we have not seen it yet. yet. And there's another hope of it. How? Is if somebody can change, if a, if a thief can stop stealing, that's another hope. Why? Because that there's something called resurrection that has happened inside there. Because life has been given. You give life. You take away death, you give life. You remove death, you give life. Right? When that happens, when change occurs, or let me say, when we go to, I mean, let me use the term, when we go to resurrection experience, it's also a hope. Each time, we are going to the resurrection experience. Ah, it's reminding us that fi- one day, one day, one day, I will be fully changed. One day, I will inherit life eternal. One day, I will come fully into a resurrection state. Amen. So we see that Jesus saying, he will raise up on the last day. It's also, he also 
not he also taught the disciples about his death and resurrection, right? He foretold of his own resurrection and death, right? Now maybe Kauna may see Nakaya Masu. I'm how not see. I may not read so much of the book of John. Uh, but I was going to talk about John 17, where Jesus began to talk concerning his glory. You know, Jesus was saying, Lord, uh, I have finished the work. Say, now glorify me with the glory that was with, that I had with thee from the beginning. That, that when Jesus was you know, talking to the disciples, almost like a, a farewell, he was saying to them, say, keep them in this world, right? Sorry, do not take them out of this world, but keep them, right? <laughs> but keep them. Was talking about that, then he began to talk about ah, I have finished, you know, the work now. Uh, glorifying with the work, sorry, glorifying with the blood I have with thee from the beginning. And that's Jesus, all in, all in a way, telling them, sorry, you disciples, I'm leaving you, right? But as I'm leaving you, God will not take you out of this world, but you'll be kept. And then, you no, know, he has already been saying different things. I was, I was, I will pray the Father; He will send you another Comforter. Right, Jesus was talking about is a, is a, is a, is is him for telling about his death and resurrection. Right, that I will leave you, but I'll come. But of course, he said, "I'll send another comfort that you, it transcends just him dying. It transcends that just him dying and coming back. It, it transcends that because the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost that Jesus called for, right, is still with us now. He's still comforting us. <laughs> right, we which we bring Jesus, the great comforter, back." Say, I will come to you again. So what Jesus is saying that he said, I'll go, and I'll come. Those are, I, know, I know that's not the topic we are talking about, just giving us his sense. You know, the operation in scripture that is, is speaking in different areas that is, you know, talking about scripture himself, telling us about the death and resurrection of Jesus, different things around it, just by scripture opening and telling us that, ah, Jesus said that he would pray for comforter. Why would he pray if he's, Okay, it's going. Okay. Uh, because he will send you another comforter. It's another one. I am a comforter. And you know, Jesus was telling them, say, when the bridegroom is around, the, the friends of the bridegroom, they, they don't fast. But when he's gone, they will fast. Jesus was already telling them, sorry, there's a time I will go. Of course, when he died, it was the first time he left them. Right? But when he resurrected, he also left. Right? You know, he was taken up in, in the clouds and he looked at them and told them, I'll go and wait for me in Jerusalem uh, and then I'll send the Holy Ghost, right? <laughs> so they prayed and then the upper Holy Ghost came upon them. That's when the comforter descended, right? In a measure, in a different measure, the comforter came, right? <laughs> so Jesus has been talking about he has been foretelling about his own resurrection and death. And then the one that I want us to read is Matthew uh, verse, sorry, chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Um, let's read verse 23. Matthew 16, 23. Oh, no, let's, let's, read, let's read 21. That's when Jesus, when, that's when Jesus rebuked Peter. I said, get it behind me. But there's a reason why he rebuked Peter, right? Peter said something to him that he had to rebuke him. He said, no, 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 why will you die? No, no, the Lord forbid that you die. But let's read from verse 21 so that we can understand this. Okay, okay sir. Uh, from that time, 
from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chiefs and Christ and be killed and be raised again. again. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou savourest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. That be of men. So we see where uh, Jesus rebuked Peter. But Peter was acting from a sense because he realized that Jesus was talking about his death and said, no, you can't die. But Jesus was already teaching about his death. And of course, when we read from verse 20, it says, from that time, what began Jesus. And so we wonder, what is that time? Now, we need to understand that earlier, Jesus was asking them, who do you think I am, right? And then they were saying, some say you're a prophet, but who do you say I am? Then Peter now, Peter was the one that now said, You thou art Christ. Right? Thou art Christ, the Son of the Living God. So later, Jesus now beat them. Say, please don't tell anybody that I am Jesus the Christ. Then he began to tell them that he's going to die and resurrect. So this is Jesus talking about his own death and resurrection. Right? which is also showing us, giving us a hope that resurrection is real. It's not, a, it's not a fantasy. It is a reality. Resurrection is a reality. It will happen. It is happening, and it will happen. Amen. So let's now begin to look at I'm praying that Jesus will grant me speed to be able to finish this today, but we'll see. You know, I think I, I have I have uh, increased in speed a bit, but we'll see. Um, uh, I'm not to rush, but I'll try as much as possible to to go as fast as I can. So why is resurrection important to believers? So why is it, so we need to look at why it's important. Why, one of the reasons why it's important is that it is the pillar of the Christian faith. It is a pillar. It is a major pillar. Now, on a, in our first class, I think I mentioned this. I talked about this um, aspect. So Mahatofin Kalam. So I may not talk too much about it, but we'll see Kas as Mina as the Lord enables us to, to talk about it, sorry. Uh, so we'll talk about it. It, uh, it is a pillar of, right, being a pillar of Christian faith. So we're going to read that First Corinthians 15 that we read in the beginning of the class. At the beginning, uh, we read First Corinthians 15, 12 to 14, but this one we read from 13. Uh, so read from verse 13. To 14. Can we read that, please? Okay, sir. It says First Corinthians 15, 13 to 14. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Vain. Mm-hmm. So you see clearly here that Paul was 
telling us no, that if Christ is not risen, if Christ divides from the dead, if there's no resurrection of the dead, right? If there is no resurrection, because Jesus is the first proof of resurrection, then what we are saying is that Jesus has not risen from the dead. Maybe it was a gimmick or something. But no, it's real. Jesus died. And then Paul says, and if Christ be not risen, so if Christ is not a then is our preaching vain? I mean, are we preaching in vain? Is your faith also vain? Why? Because this resurrection is tied to your faith. It's tied to your faith. How? Jesus came, partook of flesh and blood, and he is like any other man. You know? We like to say that Jesus is God, and because he's God, he came in not sin. And him not sinning was part of the ability. It's because he's God that he's not sin. No, that's not true. He did not sin because he mastered, he, he has a life in himself. He was able to grow, develop. There's so much resurrection in him, right? That he cannot, that he did not sin. He was also tempted. If if he if he can't sin. Or it's not possible for him to sin, then Satan wouldn't have tempted him. It would be a waste of time and effort. But it's possible that he could sin. That's why Jesus decided to tempt him. Put on this bread, put on this stone to bread, fall down, the angels will carry you. Bow down and worship me. Those are the things Satan demands from you and me too. Then he used that to tempt Jesus too. Jesus was tempted in all things, but yet without sin. He was found without sin, right? So Jesus partook of flesh and blood. is like you and me. He was stripped of his glory, heavenly glory. He became just like you and me. If not, he wouldn't have been able to publish salvation for you and me. How? If he's not like you and me, then his death and resurrection would have been for nothing. Why? Because every high priest, priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God. That's what Hebrew tells us. Hebrews chapter, chapter 5, I believe, was telling us that every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God. What does that mean? Nahosma. It means that we can't take a goat and use it to mediate for men. That is why the blood of bulls and gold, right, could not take away sin. It was, it, was, it was okay for some time, but it could not take away sin, right? But Jesus came to become like you and me. Defeat de uh, death, Overcome sin, and then he died, he destroyed death. Death is swallowed up in victory. And as he did that, he rose up from the dead, making it possible for your spirit and my spirit to rise with him. 
whenever we believe. So it is a major pillar of our faith. If resurrection is not there or Christ did not die and is not risen, then how will our spirit receive receive uh, resurrection or how will our spirit be quickened the quickening of our spirit is tied to the resurrection of jesus you can't fault that the moment you remove resurrection away then we, are, we should start looking okay so what salvation do you have what would you which jesus did you believe in okay so what how how are you able to believe in him and then you consider yourself a christian because you can't, you can't say I have, I am changed if you do not believe in Jesus. And that part of you believing in Jesus was made, and then you are saved, was made possible because Jesus died and resurrected. He died and resurrected. So when he died and resurrected, he's making it possible for your spirit and my spirit to be saved, to be or to, re- to be quickened, or to receive life, or to be resurrected. You can use different, different words for the same thing. Amen? So, because he rose from the dead, we also can experience resurrection in our spirit. We can be raised together with him in heavenly places. Our spirit can experience salvation, can experience resurrection, because we are dead in sins and trespasses. And it is those that are dead that need to be resurrected. But by his death and resurrection, we that were dead in sin and trespasses in our spirit, we were able to receive life. And we were resurrected. So resurrection is important because it is a major pillar. It is a pillar of our Christian faith. Right? And we can see, like we read in the book of John, chapter 6, right, that we just read just now, 645, I said, I will raise him up on the last day. So he, Jesus has promise to raise us from the dead, right? No, that's one. Of course, also on the last day, but not just that alone. He said he will raise up from the dead through our faith in his death and resurrection. That's what I'm explaining earlier, right? He has promised that he will raise us from the dead. We that we are dead in sin and trespasses will be raised through our faith in his death and resurrection, right? So, if the dead rise not, that if Jesus is not raised, our faith is vain. It is vain. The major anchor of our faith, right? The major anchor of our faith, which our which our heart believe and our mouth confess, that anchor of our faith unto which our heart believes and our mouth confess that Christ rose from the dead. Sorry, is that Christ rose from the dead? Is that Christ rose from the dead? The major anchors, sorry, let me repeat it so that it is clear. The major anchor of our faith unto which our heart believe and our mouth confess is that Christ rose from the dead. And that's what is in the book there. It is a major anchor. You must believe and you must come. believe in your heart, right? And confess with your mother that Jesus rose from the dead. And that faith, that faith, that faith.
is that Jesus rose from the dead. Mm. The anchor of our faith is that Jesus rose from the dead. I've explained it. That's why I was, that's why I was telling us all these things about Jesus. Him dying and publishing or making it possible for anybody that believes in him and confess that, you know, is risen. You believe in him. Then you can receive resurrection import in our spirit. You can receive resurrection in your spirit. Your spirit will be quickened and you are alive to God in your spirit. And in a measure in your soul. And in a measure in your body. Amen. So the next thing is that resurrection is important because it is the reason for our justification. Right? Now, when you're talking about justification, you have to talk about the faith of the Son. Right? And the faith of the Son of God hinges on the resurrection of Christ. So let me read what the book says. So the faith of, of the Son, which hinges on the resurrection of Christ, is the key to our justification. So it is the key to our justification. Now, I think maybe I should, let me just quickly talk about that and I'll, I'll read the rest right later. Now, the faith of the Son, of course, is by which we are justified. Now, it says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God, right? That's Romans 5.1. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God. So we know that it is faith that justifies us to have peace with God. And that faith is the faith of the Son. It is not the faith I use to get car used to get money when I'm broke. That one does not justify any man. What that one does is provide for you. Right? But you can also do other things. Because actually that faith is, is for anything because it's not discriminatory. If you will say in Matthew 11, 23, and believe in the heart, whatever you say you have, it is anything, is any whatsoever. That's what the scripture is whatsoever. <laughs> so it means that we can use that faith for anything, almost anything, except you see to kill people. But of course, girl, I'm trying to say anything, right? <laughs> In a good way. It can be fitting people to die. Right? <laughs> it can be fitting people to suffer, you know. When you, when you maybe when you are trying to advise somebody, you can you, and you want them to suffer because they didn't take your advice. You are waiting for them to come back and and cry. I should have done that. Mm-hmm. You know, in a, in a way, maybe when you, you are telling them and they, you are getting the sense that they won't listen to you, in your heart you can already already be fading. I know where this will end. You're going to make you're going to make a mistake. You're going to come back and you know what? Let's see that kind of, that one is a, is a wrong fit. If, if you can understand what I'm trying to say. But on the road, what I'm saying is Mark 3 is the kind of thing that you can... And, and, and also treated uh, a chapter here called Faith Towards God, right? And that, that explains this thing I'm saying. So in case you want to refresh, you can you know, take a listen and you know, go through the Q&A of that class as well. But it's that, that explains to us that there's something called the faith of the Son. And that one is what is where they begin to, is where our soul begins to come into justifications in the spirit. And this is that process of the faith of the son where 
no, we, we can't be justified by that faith. It's dependent on the resurrection of Christ. Right? It's dependent on that. It's dependent. But that faith of the Son is the key. But if you're going to be justified, you cannot be justified if you have not believed being justified with God. Let's read, let's actually read Romans 5, 1, 1 and 2. Romans 5, 1, please. Let's read it. And then okay, we'll Romans 4, yes. Um, Romans 5, 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You see that this, this, this being justified by faith, it is true. Our Lord Jesus Christ, true. Our Lord Jesus Christ. But you can't talk about true our Lord Jesus Christ. We are talking about his death and resurrection. It is true him. It's in every provision in him. Is every provision in him, right? Is from him. There, there, there are things in there. And you can't talk about him and provisions in him without talking about him dying and resurrecting. There are things he did before dying, resurrecting. And after dying and resurrecting, there are also things, there are power wrought in him. Right? And I think it would be a lot easier if we just read Ephesians chapter 2. Sorry, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. Let's read from 20. I think we might get to 21. Okay, so Ephesians 1, 20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him, raised from, him the from the dead. You see? Let's read. Let's read. 2019, so that we get the context. Okay. Okay, sir. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power, his power. to us what we believe, believe according to the working of his mighty power, mm-hmm. which he wrought in Christ, Christ when he raised him from the dead, from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Amen. See this scripture? I'm not going to talk too much about it. But I just want to let us see something quickly about this faith that we are seeing here. Say the faith of the Son, which changes on the resurrection of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So this faith of the Son that we're talking about is the power of God unto salvation. That's Romans 1, right? Is the power of God unto salvation, right? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God on salvation. And say uh, to just to the Greek, uh-huh. then it says, "For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith." Mm-hmm. I'm not sure of the gospel of power. It is the power of God. It is the power of God. Mm-hmm. Then let's say therein the gospel of Christ, which is the power of God. Inside that gospel is the faith of God revealed. From faith to faith. 
sorry, is righteousness of God revealed? Righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. But we know that that faith, we're talking about this faith of the Son. The faith of the Son is revealed from faith to faith. So, the, so the, but what the key I want to bring you is the power. I just want to explain how that power links to this resurrection that we're looking at and how, it's, how it's, it is the reason for our justification. Because this faith, right, be revealed is the key to our justification. But that faith is the power of God. But that power of God, how did he get there? And Ephesians 1 is telling us that there's a power that God wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So because Jesus was raised from the dead, there's, there's a, all kinds of things were happening in Jesus. When I say all kinds of things, spiritual. You know, I'm, just, I'm trying to use movie, movie face to show us this movie. Oh, Jesus is Lord. He's 830. Wow. Time has gone. I'm sorry, guys. I thought I thought we were we are still we just started. I thought I thought we just started not long ago. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Wow, sorry. I was just talking about Jesus. That's why I'm excited. I only have 30 minutes left today. Wow. Hi. Jesus is Lord. That means I must move, I must move forward faster. But let me quickly finish this. And I'm I'm trusting God that God will grant us speed. In Jesus' name, house, house. Amen. Amen. So it says, so that power, like I was saying, that power that was wrought in Jesus when he raised him from the dead, that's the resurrection. Raised him from the dead, he, he, came, he, came, he went through resurrection. All kinds of spiritual things was happening in Jesus. A lot of things. In that man, I, I wish I like, can show us movies so we can, you know, you know when somebody, Razor, then you see again, and then you see light shining around, and then maybe something maybe can just quickly zoom to the DNA, see something, things are changing, and hmm, that's kind of movie I want to show. Can we see that movie of what is going on in Jesus? But one of that's what they're not telling us is that when he was raised from the dead, there's a boom, rot in him when he was raised from the dead, and that power is the key to our justification. And this justification is what has to happen to our soul. This justification has already happened to our spirit because our spirit is Christ. And I believe this justification too is talking about in a measure, our spirit here, right? So when your spirit, the reason why, or let me just quickly use this as an example is when you are born again and you can call yourself a child of God and you know you are not yet perfect, is because somehow you are being justified in your way. Right? There's a justification at work. How? In the sense that although you made a mistake, the Lord forgives you or forgave you because you repented. And of course, you have to repent, right? You repented. And because of that, God didn't just throw you away because you, you, know, you maybe you made you sin or you. I don't want to use the word, I want to use the word, you made a mistake so that I make it more serious. Because if I say when you sin, it can look simple. Sin is not something we should be playing with. Understand? And so I'm using the word when you make a mistake spiritually. But don't sin, please. <laughs> so when you, or when somebody sins, 
and then they can ask for food. what what is what what can even give you smell to oh, I can I can repent I can ask for forgiveness it's because in your spirit there's some justification there you're not you're not yet dead still if they remove all the justification they remove all the sanctification everything from your spirit once you sin like this you just go understand but there's some justification and this one is just I'm just trying to show us a movie but they're saying that the just the reason for our justification with God right is is the resurrection so resurrection is important because it's the reason for our justification because when God raised Jesus from the dead God wrought a power in him which if we can have access to or if we can gain then we can be justified <laughs> so the book says, if, the, if Christ is not raised, then he has not died. Of course, if he had not died, then God has not gotten for us the blood of atonement. Right? So, of course, there's what, what I was explaining earlier about the justification of our spirit, right? That when Jesus died, right, there's the blood to atone for our sins. The blood of atonement to atone for us it came from Jesus. That blood must be shed. And that is why he had to shed his blood. Died, was raised. In that place, there's a spiritual shedding of blood taking place too for you and me. There's a spiritual shedding of blood, which is the blood of our atonement. Right? So God raised Jesus from the dead. For our justification, it's for us the justification in our spirit. Right? I don't want us to uh, just uh, let me just stay there because I don't want us to you know, make mistake in this in this one in the sense that I was ex- I was explaining you know the justification of us uh, 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 that we go through in our soul as well. But of course, using the sense that you know when we talk about resurrection, it starts from your spirit. Move progresses to your soul and enter your hand. That's the sense. But now I'm talking about what happens to you and me now. When you, when you when Jesus died, right? Like I was saying earlier in the previous in the previous uh, n- uh, note or point, that is the p- pillar of Christian faith, right? When Jesus died, is like our salvation is tied to that. Mm-hmm. Now, because our salvation started, you can now see that we also have justification in Him. Justification is part of what happens to our spirit when we get born again. So there's a blood of atonement which atoned for us for our justification. All right. Let's quickly read Romans 4, 24 to 25 so that we can move forward. Um, Romans 4, I'm just going to get there, 24 to 25. Romans 4, 24 to 25. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered from our who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Was raised again. Let's read that last uh, part again, please. Okay. 
um, verse 25, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Was raised again for our justification. So when Jesus was raised for our justification, this is a provision to you in your spirit, right? It's a provision for you and me. That if 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 Jesus was not raised, we can't be justified. Because he was raised, then God is appeased. Right? God is no longer so to appease is to when you say you appease to somebody maybe I'm angry, you can appease me so I can calm down. You get so when Jesus died and was raised and you know there's a blood of atonement then we can all receive salvation. God is appeased. Right? That is why we can escape wrath. Because we are we were children of wrath. Before we can escape wrath. So we are justified. <clears throat> the moment you believe in Jesus, you come into that provision that was wrought in Jesus to, for your justification. Right. Then the next point is that it is the reason for our sanctification. The ah, I'm trying to okay. Let me. I will try and speed up a bit. Okay. So it is the reason for our sanctification. So let's read First Peter one and uh, First Peter chapter one verse two. Okay. First Peter one two. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Grace unto you <clears throat> and peace be multiplied. Amen. So it said, if Christ is not raised, I'll just quickly read that <clears throat> and then. I think probably it'll be a lot faster if I read everything and then talk about it. Okay, so it says here that if Christ is not raised, ye are yet in your sin. So that's First Corinthians fifteen seventeen. We read it earlier when we started the class. Christ died to sanctify us wholly. Uh, so we read that. Uh, so I think we should read that verse. Okay, so verse uh, first Corinthians 15 17. Let's quickly read it if possible. <clears throat> so that we just see, I think it's already said here in the book, but let's just read it. First uh, Corinthians 15 17 says, And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, ye are in your own sins. Not really getting your sins. Um, that to sanctify the holiness, can you see? The resurrection of our spirits. Can you see? The resurrection of our spirits. Um, sir, I think you're breaking, sir. I'm breaking. Yes, sir. It's there now. Or is it still breaking? Yeah, it's better now, so thank you, sir. Better. So it is Christ died to sanctify 
It sounds like you are far, sir. I'll see if probably my internet that is misbehaving. Because uh, I'm better. using I'm using my my mic. Is it better now? It looks far. It sounds but far. when you adjusted the other time, it felt better. Sorry, sir. But now it looks far. Mm. Okay. Let me try something. Is it still far? I think it's better. It's much sir. better. Yes. This is it's much, much better. better. Yes. Okay. yes. All right. <laughs> so it says that uh, ye are yet in your sin. Okay. So Christ's death to sanctify us only from sin. The sanctification is by the resurrection of our spirits, which were dead which we were dead in trespasses, right? This brought us to a newborn spirit. If Christ is not risen, then our spirit have not been quickened. Thanks be to God for raising Christ from the dead. So um, this is talking about our sanctification, right? Like I said earlier, and you know, Paul was telling us that if Christ is not risen, we are yet in our sin. But the sanctification that Jesus provided through his death and resurrection is what sanctify us from our sin, right? And the sanctification is by the resurrection of our spirit. So when we believe in Jesus, we give our life to him. Like I said, something happens within us, in our spirit. And what happened in our spirit is that there's a sanctification going on there. The same way, Pasmia, Halmata, right? The same way, we are justified through the provision of his, his resurrection. We are also sanctified, right? Peter was telling us through sanctification of the spirit. So the spirit of there is you know, capital S. So that's through the spirit of God. So there is this, there's what the spirit of God is doing, sanctifying. No, you know when you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Ghost comes inside. And there's no way you will descend inside something that is not, it's not clean. You get. So there, will, there has to be some sanctification going on in there. It, what makes that sanctification? I mean, this thing is just telling us a lot that, that is happening within our spirit. It's like this, this, this Bible is telling us things going on within us, within your DNA. When you give your life to Jesus, I believe part of your DNA, something has happened to it. Something has changed in you. It's a spiritual altering. So, Part of what happened is that we are sanctified in our spirits, right? So the resurrection of our spirit, which were dead. So in Ephesians 2, chapter 1, to chapter 1, it says, and ye are quickened. You are quickened. We were dead, which were dead in sin and trespasses. So when we are dead, we were quickened by the provision of God, right? Through Jesus, because God is the one that gave his only begotten son. <laughs> Through Jesus, who was raised from the dead. You see, like, like you were seeing that there's a lot of things wrought in Jesus when he was raised from the dead, right? So then our spirit must have been sanctified when we give our life to Jesus. It has to be, right? 
So, because Christ is risen, then our spirit has been quickened. Right? So, thank God, right, for raising Jesus. And I think Ephesians actually tells us that we were raised together with Jesus, together with him, right? Because of time, I don't think I would... Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess, I don't think I can, in the next 15 minutes, unless I rush. So maybe I should just be humble. Amen. So let me, let's see if I can finish this one, right? Uh, before we go today, because we only have like a few. So this, Ephesians 2, 1 to 2. Brian, please, if you can read it, I think we should read it. So we just see the that tells us that it was with Christ. So yeah, let's read it, please. All right, sir. Ephesians 2, from verse 1. And you at a quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. Okay, uh, let's read verse <clears throat> 6. Okay, verse 6. 5 to 6, let me 5 to 6. Okay, so, even when, you, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ, mm-hmm. by grace are ye saved, by grace ye are saved, and had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You see, said even when we were dead in sins, at quickened us together with Christ. And, you know, earlier I mentioned about Jesus publishing some, okay, I, I think because there's a, okay, let me not use those steps because there's a way, let me just use it because I'm just trying to explain something. So when Jesus died, right, and he, I mentioned earlier, I mean, he made it possible that you can believe and you can be raised together with him. Although he died more than 2,000 years ago, but if somebody believes now, that person can also partake of his resurrection, can be raised together with Jesus. So Jesus has made provision such that anybody can believe in and be raised. And we see here that it says we were, when we are quickened, right, together with Christ, we are quickened together with Christ. So when Jesus was raised, he was also quickened because to, quick, to be quickened is to receive life. So Jesus was quickened. So when we give our life to Jesus, we'll also be quickened with him. So something happens to our spirit in that time. We are sang- there's, there's some sanctification that is happening through, right? The resurrection of our spirit as well. Because the moment you give your life to Jesus, your spirit is resurrected as well. Amen. And so you can see why resurrection is very, very important. It's very, the resurrection of, oh, oh, is, is very, very, very important. Amen. So the next is the resurrection is also the hope of our calling. So we have a hope, we have a calling. So it is a hope of our calling. So resurrection is a promise that God gave to his son, right? To Jesus. This promise became our hope because it is not yet seen. We have not yet. It is, like I was saying earlier, hope that is seen is not hope. Hmm. So if you have seen, what do you yet hope for? That's what the scripture says, right? So it is a lively hope we ought to wait eagerly. For this glorious day. So every believer should be waiting and be looking for. We should be looking for. Right? We should be looking for resurrection. 
is the hope, is what we should be eagerly await for a glorious day. Right? It's a glorious day when the dead in Christ will be raised to die no more. Right? And this should also give us a hope and a perspective concerning our beloved that sleep in Jesus. Right? We should not mourn like unbelievers eh? over those who sleep in the Lord. We should not just uh, like First Thessalonians 4, 13 to 14 tells us, I believe we read that, I think, uh, in our first class as well. We read that, so I, w- I wouldn't uh, go through that area. But I, I'm just hoping I can finish in the next 10 minutes, right? Um, so resurrection is the hope of our calling. It's a promise that God gave through his son, right? He gave through Jesus. It became our promise, Right? Yeah, sorry. Uh, the promise that, that we have, right, is our hope. Is our hope. The promise of resurrection we have that He will raise us up on the last day is a hope, right? Because we have not yet seen it. So we are looking forward to it. And therefore, it's also a hope for us that like we see each time we go through resurrection experience is a hope for us. Is a hope. Is a hope. Is a hope. And we are still looking forward. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> Now, because we have this hope, so death is no longer a threat. What does that mean? It means that although nobody wants to die, but notice that although everybody should want to die to themselves, I'm saying nobody wants to die, I'm talking about that physically. And that dying physically should also be tied, right? No wanting to die physically should also be tied to fulfilling we, fulfilling coming into life, right? Because it is, it, is, it is anybody that will go into death that would progress sin and make it, the Lord also will be looking, how can I end this thing, <laughs> right? Because it's part of what God looked at when he said, no, my spirit shall no longer strive. All the thoughts of man were continually evil. They decided to destroy the earth with water that time. Mm-hmm. It was because he wanted to slow. Now, all, the moment the spirit will no longer strive, man's age reduced. All those things is God's way of limiting sin from going too fast. Mm-hmm. And the more uh, and the more men join into sin, the less the lifespan. If you look today, men's lifespan is not as as big as it was then. And the data is reducing. I mean, with the age. Like average age that's one is reducing. Amen. So, but one thing that the hope of resurrection gives us that makes it clear to us that we should not have death should not longer be a threat right? because when we, what will happen is we sleep in the Lord, we are we are woken to in a different world. Right. So it's not something to to say our death will help our no, death victory has been taken over death. Mm-hmm. Amen. So resurrection. Is a day we are to wait for. Is a day that you and I should be waiting for patiently and peacefully. Mm. That is is a special day, both to God and to us. Because at the time, God will finally judge death. 
that is that the last enemy god will fight that time when the last day resurrection of the dead that day is when they will bring everything to book judgment will take place god will judge death the last enemy the last enemy to be defeated is dead right and bring him uh, and god will uh, bring to himself all his elect by the activities of angels. Mm. I'm speeding, but there's no way. There's no way I can finish this in five minutes. So I'll just talk about this a bit. And I think I'll just hold off here because I'm looking at the other content that we have. And, and I think uh, it might be better not to to rush things. And I think we have been blessed so far. Thank you, Holy Spirit. My heart of feedback speed. Thank you, Jesus. So thank you, Lord. We understand that resurrection is the hope of our calling, right? Uh, I talk a little bit about it in next class. Resurrection is the day we have to wait for. That's the that's the major one where we're going to start next week. Right. And then I'm trusting God and I believe by God's grace in our mom. It's not too, it's not too much again. What we have is just small, just small uh content left. So I'm trusting God that by next week we will be able to finish finish this. Amen. Are we blessed so far? Yes, sir. I think I'll just uh, I'll stop here and then we'll take it, we'll pick it up again next week in this uh, resurrection uh, is something we have to wait for eagerly. So I'll pick it up on there next week. And uh, can we just begin to bless the name of the Lord uh, today? In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you today for how you've helped us in this class. And how you are clarifying things for us. We should be that exalted in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, that that which you said to us will bear fruit in understanding. Father, it will bear fruit in each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Whatever might be missing because of lack of understanding in these things, Lord, you will add them by your mercy in the name of Jesus. Similarly, and Ilma Aspinata. Father, you will heal our souls. Oh, Father, understanding also causes healing in many yes. ways. Father, we pray for healing. Yes. Healing, Father, we pray. Yes. By the understanding of your, of your word and the things of resurrection which you are saying to us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, Father, we pray. That you will bridge every gap in understanding. Amen. Amen. Things that we've heard will profit us in our soul, spiritually, Amen. our spirit as well, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Us healings to take place. Amen. Helda. Oh, Father, we pray that healing will take place. And even as healing is taking place, and our spirit and soul, Lord, that you also in our bodies. Amen. In our bodies. Wherever we have infections, Father, we pray for healing. Healing. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Thank you for the spirit which you have given, even for this class. We say thank you, Father. Thank you. We know that you will do much more, much, much more as we continue in our classes in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen.